What's happening, folks? It's Ivan here. Just wanted to let you know that if you have not started your own podcast, what are you waiting for? It's quick. It's fast. The easiest way to start a podcast ever is right now. Sign up. It's 100% free. Where do you go? Anchor.fm. Record or upload high-quality audio, host unlimited episodes, and distribute everywhere with just one click. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, there's never been a better way to podcast. So check it out right now, anchor.fm, the easiest way to start a podcast. You can download it on the Google Play, the Google App Store, the iPhone App Store, whatever app store. Just look for anchor.fm and download it now. Toga, 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 toga. Following broadcast is an Animal House Studios production. What's happening, folks? It's Ivan Rodriguez. Welcome to another episode of the Cycle Shack. It is Tuesday, November 6, 2018, 9, 10 p.m. It's Elections Day, or Elections Day Eve, rather. The polls are closed. Who you voted for, I don't care to know. It doesn't matter to me. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. They're all crooks. Welcome back to another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. I appreciate you guys. Hopefully my microphone audio sounds good because I am constantly making adjustments. I didn't like the way I sounded last episode. I kind of sounded too bassy, so I backed down the bass a little bit in my voice. So as I say my P's and my B's, I'm not popping as much on the microphone. So hope the audio comes out good. So thanks for listening. Ah, another week. Another week without riding the motorcycle. Yes, sir. Cabin fever has set in. It sucks, but what are you going to do about it? Hey, if you want to contact the show, email me at thecycleshackpodcast at gmail.com or check me out on Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast, where you can also click on the link to get to my webpage. I'm not going to recite it right here, right now, because it is extremely long and it is extremely boring. Anyway, no, it's not boring. It's just long. Retract that. So, not a whole lot going on in the motorcycle world. It's calming down. It's been chilly. Although it's warmed up a little bit. It's been in the 60s. It's been a bit rainy. The leaves are falling. Fall foliage is almost at its end. Everywhere you go, everything is like a yellowish, tinting into a brown. Uh, and that's it. The leaves are all coming down everywhere. And there's a mess everywhere in my yard. I got ticked off because two weeks ago, I said, let me get ahead of the game. I always tell myself I'm going to let everything fall. And then I'll go ahead and uh, just uh, pick it all up. One foul swoop and away it goes. Well, that's not how it works out for me. You know, I'm getting annoyed at the fact that every little bump I make I get this huge hum echo. Look. That's annoying. Ugh. Look, see? 
that's a spring that's on my microphone arm, and every time I bang the microphone arm by accident, it's Eddie Murphy, the golden child. I want the knife. Please. <laughs> I'm going bananas. I want to give a shout out to my brother from another mother, Kev Davidson. Respect. Kevin, I'm going to ring your phone one day. You're going to get a rude awakening. One day. One day. Yes, Kevin, you. He's probably listening and laughing right now. Your phone's going to ring. Might even be now. I'm kidding. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm in my yard and I'm trying to get the best results possible by saying, let me tackle them one week at a time instead of letting them all fall. So I clean everything up. I'm proud because I got like eight bags, eight Home Depot uh, uh, brown paper bags of leaves and yard refuse. I put them out, stack them out nice and neatly in front of the house, and I'm all, you know, Captain, (laughs) my yard is clean. The next day it was a windstorm and (laughs) had just as many leaves, if not more, in my yard. I got so pissed off, man. I said, screw it, I'm leaving it. And I'm not going to touch it until everything falls down. The heck with it. So that's what I said. But now with my luck, watch me not touch it, and it's going to wind up snowing on top of it. That's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to get a chance to remove it. And my town pisses me off because they post up that from November 4th or November 1st to December 7th, you can take your leaves and put them out on the curb no more than four feet from the curb or four feet high. And they're supposed to come by with a, a vac truck and either suck them up or they come with dozers and they, they shovel them into the, dozer, uh, 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 into the dozer and then the dozer just dumps them in a truck. They never do. Last year they never showed up and there was a mess of snowy leaves all up and down my neighborhood. It was disgusting. So I might as well write a letter to the town, right? And say, pick up your leaves this year. Pick up your leaves this year. Anyway. So uh, we don't have much for you today. Like I said, not much going on in the world of motorcycles. But we still have to put out a podcast. So it's motorcycles and more. We can talk about anything and everything we want. And it's just basically a regular talk platform. Sorry, taking a swig of my delicious Nestle Pure Life water. It's crazy because I was looking at an article when I was doing some research to uh, get some material for the show, for the podcast. And... I I look at everything, I I Google search things on my phone when I'm laying down in the bed. I look for things, interesting things to talk about. And I came across something that bugged me out. I don't know the name of it. I don't know how to pronounce this. Aum-wa-mua. What is it? The title of this is, it's from dailymail.co.uk. Asteroid orbiting Earth can be from another civilization? Ain't that something? Let me bring this up on my screen so I can read it to you guys. So basically, there's some kind of interstellar asteroid that could be a giant solar sail 
from sent from another civilization to look for signs of life. And that this is what astronomers are claiming. Ain't that something? You got to see these pictures. Check them out if you want. It's on dailymail.co.uk. And uh, it's by Mark Prigg for dailymail.com. Printed in November 2018. And um, it's bananas, man. They're showing pictures of what looks like a a long, an elongated shaped rock in outer space. And I guess these photographs were taken via observatory or giant telescope or whatever the case may be. And um, let me see here. It says the mysterious object owned. Why would they give this such a freaking name like that? Why not just call it George? The mysterious object named George. It's called the mysterious object Aumamua arrived in our solar system in October of 2017. NASA spotted unexpected boosts in speed and shift in trajectory as it passed through the inner solar system last year. Now, one study claims it could actually be a solar sail sent by aliens. A first, a mysterious asteroid called Aumamua, Aum. No, I'm going to get this right. Aum, ua, mua. Aum, ua, mua. The first interstellar object ever seen in our solar system could be a giant alien solar sail sent back to look for signs of life, a new study has claimed. Astronomers from, Har- from the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, CFA, analyzed the strange cigar shape of the object and the unexpected boost in speed and shift trajectory as it passed through the inner solar system last year. So you got to check this thing out, man. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I guess you could say it looks like a giant cigar. It looks like a giant rock. Researchers say that the strange acceleration could be the result of solar radiation pushing against the giant solar sail. They found a sail that was only a fraction of a millimeter thick which would be sufficient for a sheet of solid material to survive the journey through the entire galaxy. Light sails uh, sails with similar dimensions have been designed and constructed by humans, including Japanese-designed Ikaros project and... Okay, this is getting too weird for me. So basically they're claiming this is some type of alien satellite probably looking for life elsewhere and it stumbled upon us and it's been hovering through our solar system looking for signs of life i just found it interesting don't ask me why i just did i don't know if this is like one of those tabloid things where all their articles are bs i don't know check it out for yourself dailymail.co.uk or dailymail.com So, check this out. Evoke Motorcycles. I didn't know there was such a thing as this motorcycle company called Evoke, but apparently there is. I just heard my peas pop. So upsets me. Anyway, check out electrek.co.co. And it says here, Evoke is testing a modular new electric motorcycle 
new electric motorcycle batteries with a 15-minute charge. It's a cool-looking bike. It looks like a Ducati almost, but apparently it's an electric bike. And it says here, Evoke has an impressive offering of moderately priced electric motorcycles. Now the electric motorcycle startup is innovating even further with new extremely fast charging batteries. Beijing-based Evoke Motorcycles has just announced that they are testing a newer second-generation battery for their vehicles. The new electric motorcycle batteries are designed to allow ultra-fast charging. The company claims that the batteries can be recharged from 0 to 80% in just 15 minutes. Evoke's current generation of batteries recharge with a wall charger in either 8 hours at 110 volts or 4 hours at 220 volts. 4 hours is still ain't bad at 220. The new batteries will be designed to recharge much faster using a level 2 charger. Uh, the batteries incorporate oh, okay, the batteries incorporate new advancements including proprietary active thermal management system. The design include, includes a combination of software and hardware that integrate to precisely control the temperature range of the lithium-ion 18650 battery cells. This thermal management should greatly increase the life of Evoke's battery pack. So it's a smart battery, I guess. I don't know, man. That could be something big. If you could ride this thing for at least three or four hours, if you can get a minimum of 200 miles on this thing, and it only takes 15 minutes to charge, that would be cool. I only ask, I mean, in, in the little bit of battery technology that I know, even if it is a super deep cycle battery, that's got to create, you know, with that much juice going into a battery to charge it up in 15 minutes, that must create an awful lot of heat, an awful lot of wear and tear on the battery. Could this potentially cause a thermal runaway at some point if something shorts? Like, what's the... the, the the monitoring system for this battery, you know what I mean? I, I'm just, you know, these are questions that pop up in my head because, you know, again, batteries to me, it's again, if not managed properly, they can become kind of unstable. And again, I only know this from stationary equipment that I have at, at work. So I don't know. Interesting technology. I figure I'd share that with you. And again, if you want to check this out, it's uh, electrek, E L E C T R E K dot C O. And it's the, Evoke Motorcycle Company. As my brother from another mother, Kevin, would say, Minty, respect. The 2019 Yamaha Motorcycles. Those bad boys are in. I kind of like Yamaha because, again, it was the... Not the... I mean, it was the first, not brand new, but my first kick-ass motorcycle was a Yamaha. V-Star 650, and I loved it. What the heck did I do here? I so messed this up. Just bringing my notes up on the big screen. I've got two screens, and I'm dragging one screen over to the other, and it's not working. Okay. So, yeah, I got great results with that battery. It was a Yamaha V-Star 650, and I had it souped up to the gills. Had the engine worked on. I had the uh, carburetor super-tuned, rejetted. Um, a cold air intake to match, uh, no non-baffling straight pipes exhaust. 
I mean, this thing was kick-ass. It ran beautifully. It sounded and looked like a Harley. Harley lovers would pull up next to me and say, wow, that thing sounds badass. And um, it really was a good-sounding bike. I, I really did tweak up the engine to the max that you can do without actually pulling the engine and boring it or stroking it, etc., or changing the boring stroke. Um, but this thing performed so nice, and it ran so good. I even got decent gas mileage out of it for me being a big guy on a 650. And what's crazy is, is that the, the bike had a full-size frame. It didn't really look like a 650. So it was awesome. So I, I've always followed Yamaha ever since. Another swig of this delicious Nestle Pure Life water. That sounds nice, right? Water named Nestle. It almost sounds like chocolate. Right? You think of Nestle, you think of chocolate, not not water. Anyway, there goes that gong again. So, the Yamaha, the 2019 Yamahas, are in. Yamaha rolls out the 2019 models, and check it out at MotorcycleCruiser.com. The article is by Andrew Cheerney. And, uh... Yamaha rolls out the 2019 models. The new bike season is in full swing. While many manufacturers have dropped exciting new products, others are just playing it cool with the rest of their ranges. Yamaha's latest 2019 model announcements for its heritage line are pretty much in that category for now anyway. So right now, there's a bike called the Yamaha XSR700. Nice aluminum-looking body. It's... Let me see. It's uh Yamaha XSR Sport Heritage. The XSR700 and the XSR900 getting a paint refresh for 2019. That's a nice little bike. Looks almost like the Honda Rebel in a larger scale. The new Rebel, anyway. Um, not a bad-looking bike. MSRP is uh, for the 700, 8499 The XSR900 will be 9499 The new Yamaha Bolt. R-Spec. Nice looking bike. Again, this also looks like the original Yamaha Bolt. Kind of looks like a Bolt. And again, I hate to say it, it looks like a Honda Rebel, the newer version. It has that body style, except it has a V-twin on it. And it, I don't know, the V-twin on this almost looks like a Sportster engine. But anyway, this is the bike that supposedly Yamaha has given to their lineup to compete with the Sportster lineup, with the Sportster 1200, the Sportster Iron, etc. And um, the Yamaha Bolt is a 942cc engine. And uh, some beautiful colors available. Well, a beautiful color. A Black Raven. Um, but basically, they're showing them here for... Uh, in black, it's 8000 7999 And uh, for the up-spec... Eight thousand three hundred ninety-nine. 
and matte silver. Not bad. This one's nice. Badass and back for 2019 is the mighty Yamaha VMAX. The V4 Beast is back. This Yamaha was badass. It was around uh, in the early 90s and through the late 80s. This motorcycle was kind of ahead of its time. It was way around way before the V-Rod. It was way around way before the Yamaha V-Star Warrior. This was one of the fastest bikes on the street. And a lot of guys were, were souping these things up and taking them to the track. It was the Yamaha V-Max. It's, it's a 1700cc V4 engine. Tons of torque. Okay. It's back for 2019. The MSRP for this bike will be $17,999. It hits the showroom's floors in October of 2018, so it's out right now. And the one of the starter bikes for the Yamaha lineup, which is, I guess is in comparison to the uh, Honda Rebel, right, which is what most people get to start out or a lot of kids get to start out or women, etc. No pun intended, no insult intended. But um, last but not currently least, last but not certainly not least, sorry, the V-Star 250 metallic silver, 4,349. This doesn't look like they did. It doesn't, they didn't do any changes to it. It looks like any other V-Star 250. It's just got a different color scheme, per se. And it looks like a Honda Rebel. It's the low-end starter-end bike. And it is what it is. So, that's it for the 2019 lineup. So, let's close that out. I think that's about the last uh, of the, what do I call it, the four or five giants, which is Honda. What is it? Harley, Indian, Honda. Kawasaki, Yamaha. I don't even count Suzuki in that lineup because Suzuki hasn't come out with anything really great. I know they have the M109, but that's pretty much the only bike they have that's really worth anything. And the look of it is a, it's kind of tired. They really haven't done much with the M109. It's a great bike. It's a good bike. It's a good bike for speed if you like that kind of thing. I particularly don't care for it but you know that doesn't mean i don't like it it's just not for me but again it's the only bike that they have that's really worth anything and uh suzuki's been behind so let's hope they catch up so five of the most expensive motorcycles you can buy check this out i was reading this and i was like grossly upset and amazed although there's one of these that well, if I could afford it, I would get it. And I'll share that with you in a minute. So check this out. This is also on MotorcycleCruiser.com. It's an article called, it's by John Langston. And it's called titled, The Five Most Expensive Motorcycles You Can Buy Right Now When Money Is No Object. The Object Is Lust. First bike, 
coming in at $135,000, the Confederate F-A-13 combat bomber. This is a crazy-looking bike. It looks very futuristic. It doesn't even look like something you can ride, but apparently it's something that can hit the streets, that will hit the streets for $135,000. There goes my microphone acting up again. It's almost got like a mind of its own. To turn a phrase, rumors of demise of Confederate motorcycles have been greatly exaggerated. While it's true that founder Matt Chambers announced in 2017 that Confederate would be changing its name to Curtis Motorcycle Motor Company and pivot to produce only electric cruisers, venture capitalist Ernest Lee was not content to let the confederate brand ride away ride away into the sunset <laughs> why did they write this this way anyway lee acquired the intellectual property rights and designs to confederate bikes confederate motorcycles llc has begun con production of the new confederate g3 p51 combat fighter again this sucker's $135,000. I personally wouldn't buy that bike. I personally like nothing of it. It's not even something that I would like as a showpiece. But again, check it out. MotorcycleCruiser.com. Five most expensive motorcycles you can buy right now. The title of this. The second bike. Ecos. The Ecos Night Stalker. This thing looks like a cafe racer that you can put together in your garage. It looks like it's based on a Harley-style V-Twin. It's like a, it's like a giant dark cafe racer. The Night Stalker is powered by a massive 2100cc V-Twin that makes 140 horsepower at 145 pounds of torque at the rear wheel. Um... With only a dry weight of 435 pounds. Ecos claims the Night Stalker launches from 0 to 60 in less than 2.5 seconds. Come on. Why can I not move my mouse here? My cursor. Again, this bike is 277,000 clams. It can stay right where it's at. I'd only take the engine off this bike. The frame can stay. It's, it, I mean, again, it's a nice looking bike, but it's just not for me. Not for 277000 I'm looking at this thing and I wouldn't realistically pay any more than thirty five grand for it. I am so serious. I don't see why I would have to pay 277000 So anyway, moving forward. This looks like nothing but a dirt bike on steroids with a Harley Sportster 1200 engine. I'm not even going to say the price. I'm going to look at the uh, specs here. Yep, here it is. <laughs> this one's called a Carducci SC3. Okay, the Carducci SC3 Adventurer takes the Sportster 1200 V-Twin and builds it for long jaunts into the wilderness. So that's what this is. This is nothing but a... Dirt bike with a Sportster 1200 engine with off-road knobby tires. Hundred grand. I don't think so. 
No bueno. No, no bueno. Somebody took the the dog and locked him away. Uh, well, my studio's in the basement of my house. It's no secret. And somebody's upstairs fooling around with the dog and making him squeal and playing with him and whatever. Anyway, this one is a nice bike, although giving it a second look, I probably wouldn't pay that much for this, but we know the owners of the company. Arc Motorcycle Company. We know who the owners are. One of the owners is Keanu Reeves, actor Keanu Reeves, and Garth Hollinger, motorcycle uh, builder extraordinaire. The Arc Method 143. There is no price released for this, but it's constructed around a 143-inch SNS V-twin. It has a limited production of only 23 motorcycles. And, uh, yeah, they didn't announce the price. It's a secret, they say. But it's safe to assume it'll be just north of six figures. All right, let's move on. This, I believe, is the last bike, yes. And uh, not for nothing, this looks like nothing but a clean Ducati. It is a clean Ducati. That's all it is. It's called the Tamburini T12 Massimo. One million dollars. One million clams. One million buckaroonies. I don't think so. Not no million dollars, that's for sure. Again, if you want to check this out yourself, check out MotorcycleCruiser.com five most expensive motorcycles you can buy tamburini t12 massimo it could stay right where it's at again it looks like a clean ducati for that just buy a ducati for real it's cheaper save yourself the money so what it says here the the only special thing about this bike it's constructed around the bmw engine no it's not a bmw engine can't even see the engine anyway it ain't worth a million dollars that's for sure so that's it for that so if you guys like me have been thirsting and jonesing to watch sons of anarchy or something close to new episodes of sons of anarchy Like me, you've been probably tuning into Mayans MC, the new hit series on FX by Sons of Anarchy creator, which is also a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy, uh, creator Kurt Sutter. It's been airing Tuesdays. Matter of fact, <laughs> it's starting in 15 minutes. So I'm going to get this podcast over and done with. But before I leave... You can check out popculture.tv by Hannah Barnes. The title of this is Mayans MC, Sons of Anarchy Return in Season 1 Finale. So if you check out the trailer, apparently, there is, uh, you know, the trailer offers the briefest glimpse 
of someone in the Sons of Anarchy jacket riding away on a bike 10 seconds into the preview, which makes it unclear whether one character will be stopping by for a visit or just a cameo, or if a multiple or if multiple characters would be making an appearance from the original FX show. Either way, this is episode number 10 of the premiere season of Mayans MC, and it is the season finale. It is tonight, November 6th at 10 p.m. on the FX network. You know, my overall review of this show, it started out very, very... Uh, it started out slow and I, I kind of wanted more. I saw the first episode and I was like, okay. I wanted more out of it though. And the second episode, just for me, just I was almost falling asleep. I actually did fall asleep. Um, and I was like, oh man, I hope they didn't I hope they didn't screw this up. I hope this isn't gonna be a flop. That's the last thing we need is for this show to not be good. But um by the beginning of the third episode, although it was a bit boring, I was digging it. It picked up in the middle of the third episode. And it started intriguing me. Fourth episode was good. Fifth episode was good. Sixth and on and on and on. Eight and nine, fantastic. I mean, did it live up to the hype? Maybe not because everybody was expecting Sons of Anarchy. You had Sons of Anarchy already. You held it at that same standard. You, you expected the same thing. Well, this is different. It's a different club of a different race, per se. You know what I mean? This is a Latino club as opposed to the Southern or Northern Cali club of Sons of Anarchy. So it's different, but it's the same, if that makes sense. Um, I liked it. And that's what counts for me. I got to say it was pretty good. It was pretty damn good. And the storyline, again, although it was boring in the beginning, or it was slow. I won't say boring. It was very slow. It picked up. And it got me. It did. So it got me hook, line, and sinker. I wasn't expecting it to be Sons of Anarchy. I was just expecting it to satisfy my urge for wanting to see something like Sons of Anarchy. And I think it did that. So this show is in a class by itself. Is it better than Sons of Anarchy? I don't think that it's better. I think it's I think it runs alongside it. Um in comparison to the first seasons. It's in a class by itself. And again, it's too early to tell. We need it to come back. Hopefully it gets signed for a second season. I don't think they announced that they signed it for a second season, but hopefully they do. Hopefully it gets picked up for a second season and we see what Kurt Sutter's really made of. 
but the storyline is fantastic, and I can't wait to see how the heck do they get out of this. So check it out. The final episode, episode 10 of Mayans MC tonight, 15 minutes from now. It's 9.47 p.m. It's at 10 p.m. on FX Network, November 6th. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in. That's all I have for today. Got a solid 36 minutes in of show for you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Check me out on iTunes, Anchor.fm, or anywhere else that the Cycle Shack podcast is available on. It's available on multiple platforms. Um, just to give you an idea of which platforms it's available on, well, should I? I'm on my site's page here now. Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, uh, you name it. You can find it. So check it out. It's the Cycle Shack. I appreciate you listening. The Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. If you got any topics, pictures of your bikes you want to send, or just any topic in general you want to talk about. Again, that email address is the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Or check me out at the Cycle Shack Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you. Talk to you again next week. I'm sure you're not riding. If you're so happen to be in a state where you can ride because the weather's permitting, I hate your guts. But either way, keep the two wheels down. Ride safe.